Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me on this show is Parker Worthington, otherwise known as at Webworthy on Twitter, and a young man that is making a documentary about the story of BTC Pay Server. He is telling the whole thing from the beginning to the end and why this company is very important in the space to him, why it inspired him and the origins of it, why Nicholas was inspired to send that original tweet, the famous tweet now. and the, the, the people that have been drawn to this project as well. And why? Why did he fall down the rabbit hole? And why did he bring his skill set in filmmaking away from the fiat world into the Bitcoin world? We met in Riga, uh, the uh, the BTC Pay Server day after the main conference. Hit it off, watched a uh, documentary, had some chats, said I'd love to help. How can I help? Let's get you on the podcast and try and spread the message. So this is what we are all trying to do in Bitcoin at the social layer is connect each other and push each other forward. That is what we are here to do as a community. And if you're not doing that, if you've not felt that magic of in-person meetings, it's something I fully urge all of you to go and do. You can meet people by downloading Orange Pill app and finding people that are close to you, Bitcoiners, or you can find events that are coming up nearby or uh, you know a little further out so you can plan for it or you can get to a conference first of the third of march there's madeira conference and that is going to be pretty epic and pretty special it's it's very uh interesting to see how this one is all coming together so make sure you can get there there's a lot of families already committed to going already close to 400 tickets have sold you can use the code bitten at checkout for a discount a 10 percent discount and i urge you to bring the family because there's going to be tons of stuff for the, the the wives and kids to do and not only that it's a beautiful paradise island holiday destination and pretty cheap to get to with low-cost airlines so that's a heads up i hope to see you all there uh, if you're not stacking sats you should be if you're new to the show if you're new to bitcoin please make sure you are looking out for Bitcoin only and Bitcoin only companies. In the US, you have a company such as Swan. In Europe, you have a company such as Relay. You can download the apps and you can start stacking sats immediately. Both companies have a focus on education and both companies have a white glove service. You can get on the line and speak directly to one of the team members. Hit the link in the show notes. All of the details are there for discounts and everything else. If you want to go completely peer-to-peer, no KYC, you have HODL HODL, and they are a global peer-to-peer trading and lending platform. Again, hit the link in the show notes and you'll uh, save on commissions. If you want to up your privacy, if you're a little bit more advanced and you want to try CoinJoin, go to wasabiwallet.io, download the software, create a wallet, and start your own CoinJoin process. Use a hardware wallet via cold storage, Bitbox are there for you. Use the code BITTEN for a 5% discount and head over to mempool.space to track your transactions and see what's in the mempool. Enjoy this rip with Parker. 
All right, we've got Parker Worthington on the line and uh, also known as Webworthy on Twitter. And yes, I think I just got the mosquito on. Bam, look at that, live. Uh, right, okay, Lauren, do you have a question for Parker? Um, why are you making a documentary or a movie? That's a good question. Um, thank you for having me on. And um, I think why I'm making this movie or, or film or documentary, um, BTC Pay Crew, because they're not like a paid company or a paid uh, project, the the history of it is so not well known. And I figured I could be someone that's been there and watched them for so long. I could tell that story. And we have had a couple um, newer conference organizers mix up who who made PTC Pay, who started it, and the history has kind of gotten lost in how long it's been. So I figured no one's going to make that piece, and this has been such an important part of Bitcoin, and I could tell a story. All right. Daddy, should we ask the, the, the one that we asked yesterday? The other guy yeah, go on yeah, let's see what we get. All right, so we watched a uh, we watched half of a documentary yesterday, but my dad keeps calling it a movie, and I keep correcting him and saying it's a documentary, and he says it's the same thing. Ooh, that is a, that's a debate. How was it? Um, was it? How did you experience the movie? Was it through a character, like someone we were? we were starting to understand what they were going through as they were showing us actions or was someone telling you, the viewer, how to feel about a scene or what was happening? The second one. It was Dare to Dream. Have you seen it? Ah, uh, no, but I've seen the, I think I've seen the trailer. Oh, the cycling movie? No, Dare to no. Dream uh, is about El Salvador. and Oh, uh, yes. An adoption. So we had Michael uh, Rittinger. Is that... I probably mispronounced his surname, Rittener. Graham, excuse me, Graham Rittener on the um, on the show. And he had Michael Peterson as part of the crew that he was uh, documenting. And John Vallis was doing a lot of the kind of... Kind of. Wasn't really narration though, was it? It was his views of what was going on. He was living in the moment and explaining what was going on. And that Breed Love on there as well, explaining a little bit about, you know, what is money? Uh, so it is a documentary, but then the debate still rages as to, yeah. well, I keep saying film, not movie, right? I guess they're the same. Th is a film and a movie the same thing? I, the production value of it is so high and it looks so beautiful. That's where I, I think you're like, it feels like a film. It feels like a movie. So that I, I, I agree with both. <laughs> there. All right. Okay. We're both right. Perfect. We've like reached that. consensus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a documentary. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your question. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Good to see you again. All right, mate. Well, yeah, like I said to, to Lauren at the beginning, we we met you guys when we were in Riga and we come along to the BTC Pay after day mini event. I don't know what to call it. Just meet up. Uh, but of course... It was more than that because Giacomo gave a, a little presentation and a little speech about BTC Pay Server and Uncle Rockstar Dev, he was there and he gave like an introduction of, you know, what's going on within the project and how it's gone throughout the history, what it's going to look like going forward. 
And then you gave us a little teaser of the movie that you're making. And I asked, how is it that we can help you? And offered to bring you on the podcast so you can share the message. So that's how this got set up to, to put everybody up, get everybody up to speed and put them in the room. Uh, so, well, let's get, let's get back to your origins and b- before you found Bitcoin, what, what was going on? And then we'll do the full kind of arc and, and where you are today. Man, um, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. This is, I was saying to you earlier when we first started, this is my first Bitcoin podcast I've ever been asked to be a guest on and my first podcast I ever got to be a guest on. So um, where to start? I was a old, or I feel old now, but uh, a skateboarder. I grew up skateboarding and my dad had us traveling all over the world growing up. And I was that kid in the window looking for skateboarders going by, listening for people. And skateboarding brought me to bitcoin probably 20 years later um but yeah how where do you want to start all right yeah traveling around that seems interesting what uh because well you've seen my kids at the conference so i've traveled around with my wife and i have traveled around with our kids extensively we did that for two and a half years that's what my book was about or is about excuse me choose life uh what was that period of your life how old were you and and why did your dad decide you to 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 take you traveling around i'm fascinated to see how you feel about this because i feel like you and my dad may be similar um he was a professional sailor and grew up in a horrible uh california town in the 60s venice beach in the 60s was really really rough um and he became a professional sailor which was very strange at the time. Um, and his job took us all over. We we did the America's Cup five or six times. We did the round the world race a couple of times. If anyone out there is familiar with sailing, he's one of the few people that won the uh, Volvo Ocean Race and the America's Cup. Uh, so we followed wow. him all over the world. Yeah. Was was he the the captain in the Americans Cup in the America's Cup? Or was he part of the crew? Yeah, he was a crew. He was um he did four of them on the boat and then two as general managers and like back of the house stuff. Um so yeah, we and I, I listened to you a, a good bit and know that you've traveled so much. Um it is I, I'm so thankful that my dad had us grow up in like outside of America because it's definitely it's a little it's a little strange here and having some other perspective I'm very thankful for. <laughs> That's so what age were you when you were bouncing around doing all of this? And did you have brothers, sisters? I had one sister, or sorry, still have a sister. Um, we were we left when I was in fourth grade and we traveled probably till I was in actually I guess that was fourth to sixth grade was New Zealand, and then pretty much all before up till fourth grade it was just like gone most of the year. Um, as I think about it now, fourth to sixth grade, it seems like such a longer time than it was because we were, I was only out of the U.S. school system for all of middle school and the second end of uh, the primary school. Not long uh, enough, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did all of high school in America uh, and I have amazing friends from it. It was, it was incredible. But um, that like probably four years into it, my mom was like, we need to keep them in a normal place for a little bit longer. Um, 
but I loved it. It was it was awesome. We went we did South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, um, Brazil. We went all over. It was it was amazing. Is he still involved with uh, America's Cup and sailing in any way? He was for up until um, this last sail GP. He did a lot of sail GPs. Um, I think the last America's Cup he was involved in might have been three or four of them ago. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. It's great. Right. So you're you're obviously you know different to many of the uh, peer group uh, that you'd have been growing up around, especially in high school, having that experience away from school seeing the world through a completely different lens do you think that would have helped you be more open to bitcoin have you ever thought about that like uh, i know that there's been touch points in our past lives that have kind of primed us for when we do fall into the bitcoin rabbit hole oh yeah yeah this one uh oh <laughs> it's funny it's like you think about it so much if you get the chance to tell your stupid bitcoin story and the people in your life you shoehorned into wherever you someone may mention something Bitcoin, you try and take down the rabbit hole too. But um, for me, I when I was with my family, we were traveling all over the world. We were in a small team of people that were always together, and it just you never noticed like the difference between like this person makes so much more money than my father, or vice versa. And then when I moved back to the states you just feel this like stark divide and there's like the kids that lived in the neighborhood before you got there now your family's here and you think they're rich but you're like a, the the um sponsors and the people who make sailing happen are so insanely more wealthy um I was like that person in the middle where it's like, I know what it looks like to be in rural North Carolina and and how poor that, that can be. And then um, to be in a high school where it's like right in the middle of these, these groups, um, I was in the skateboard going up and watching documentaries and saw that all of the companies my dad had been sailing for were multinationals that were somehow tax sheltered in Malta paying 5% taxes and all this like very, very, I was super, super skin tight pants, punk rock, little communist kid. <laughs> and I saw that and was like, Oh my God, everything I have is because someone else doesn't have something. So I believed everything that was good in my life to be at the cost of someone else's well-being. And Bitcoin was the first thing that stuck a hole through like it's not my fault it's not their fault it's not my dad's fault it's this like system that feeds on this like feed this feedback loop of somehow printing money to somebody that's going to print more to and i'm getting a little lost with what i'm trying to say but yeah uh, no no it's I, it's diff it's difficult because well let's touch on why i mean you self-labeled yourself what a, a communist <laughs> i say that now as a didn't realize again it was all like zero sum that like i only had something mm -hmm. because somebody else didn't and that was that true. was that just a feeling that you had it was that through your own kind of um 
like uh, introspection or was something else kind of being subliminally pushed through the students at the school? I, you know, I think th today I would say the latter. I would say when I was growing up, I was the only kid in class that didn't believe in God. And today I would say I definitely think there's something out there and I am not the most powerful thing at all. But it was very right Christian, not even like a crazy Christian school, but it just that was the norm. Um, so back then, definitely not. And I was like seeking out this stuff. And my cousin, who I adore dearly, and I say, I'm like, he helped me go down the rabbit hole. He was heavy, heavy Antifa protester and uh, Occupy Wall Street person. And when we were growing up, he'd send me websites, these like veganism websites or like stuff that I'm very thankful now that I was exposed to and maybe wouldn't have. Again, I was a skater. I was like super in. I was looking for that stuff. To answer your question, I... I seeked it out and was looking for something to tell me that this can't, something is wrong. Something is weird. You don't know what you're looking for yet, but I was looking for something. And, and as a word, like maybe I was looking for, I don't know, but uh, does that answer your question at all? Yeah. Uh, what's the culture of skaters? Like what, what's, what, what breeds that kind of personality? Oh, I love that question. Um, and again, I, if there's any skaters out there now listening, I'm the old guy like, oh, I used to skate. And why people say that like that is you used to just be anyone. You just be sitting on a curb with your friends all day. Time doesn't matter. There's a camera there. Someone's filming. Like you might put a little video together by the end of the summer. Like it is truly living for the moment. And today, whether if you're like, and a 4X job, you can't stand, like, just listen to some of your stuff. Like, you can't live for the moment. You're constantly living for that that vacation, that eight weeks or whatever. And that skaters have that. Whenever you go to the place where everyone's at, whether it's the flat ground, playground or whatever, it's like time doesn't exist. You're just there with your boys and nothing else matters. And then you make a video and everyone in the whole town's like, oh, those guys, it looks like they're doing nothing. But this all that all adds up. It's like the weirdest. Um, it's the low time, low time preference. I'm going to sit here all day and try this trick 500 times and I want to get it once and everyone will see it. That I did it that one time and in a clip of 50 of these, it looks like this is all I do. But it's a lot of just sitting around and hanging <laughs> out. And what? How's it changed when you see uh, like that group of kids today, like uh, a bunch of skaters today? How's that changed from when you were doing it back? I mean, I don't even know how old you are. How old are you now? <laughs> I am 31, turning 32. Okay. So you were doing this in your teens or all, all through your 20s? Yep. Pretty much from, God, from when I was like seven or eight. It's all, it was a scooter to just me wanting to get the, the handlebars off at the skate. Um, all the way till it's probably 18. Mm -hmm. And as my dad being professional, like athlete or, you know, sailor, I assumed the only way that I could earn a living that wasn't just like flipping burgers or I didn't assume myself to be smart at all or think I was, was to either do tricks or go fast and going fast was racing mountain bikes, which came later. But, um, 
yeah, the skating today is like I hear the skateboarders go by my window and I just miss it. Like I hear that sound and my dog starts barking. I'm just like, God, I wish I was going to the spot where you just go and hang out. It's so fun, but my knees hurt. I started sitting there for 45 minutes and I'm like, oh man, I can go work on that thing. I got that one. I won't go home. I'll go work on that. And now I just like computers so much that just listen to them go by but i for them i think it's the same as when i was a kid it's right. they still make videos and if anything now they just have cam every skater has a camera in their pocket mm-hmm. and that is like and um we don't have to go down this rabbit hole now but i really do think skateboarding and bitcoin are so similar and we've watched something that was once the nerdiest dorkiest thing to do is now like a very normal activity or even career or market just well we got tony hawk right yeah exactly yeah people it's just like a, a household name but again it's still just like a very it's a piece of wood with wheels people know this guy's name that's crazy and led hamilton and, and bethany as well yeah like the surfers I yeah think, exactly right yeah yeah a, just a lump of wood <laughs> yeah or a surfer <laughs> yeah um I don't know. All right. So what comes after university then? And where do you meet Bitcoin? I met Bitcoin um, when I I was living in Los Angeles for three years and thought film school skating, this is where I got to be, this is everything. And did not like it, thought it was terrible and got very into like well, where L- LA or, or the film school? the los angeles mostly and even film school a little bit um but got very into like i live in a desert there's no water here very much like what i would say like prepper culture of bitcoiners are today um and it was just very displaced didn't know what to do about it so i moved home was like i got enough money saved up to buy a computer i'm learning animation and this is all i care about just wanted to make animations at the time and got home but my car broke down on the way home so i had no money i spent every dollar i had saved up to move home on my broken down car getting home so i get home i have no money basically feel like i've wasted all this time in film school and uh i don't remember what i was watching but i had a friend who i won't mention who was um you all have like our Silk Road people that have mentioned there's some way to buy drugs on the internet. And I'd heard that a couple of times, and this is probably 2011. And I just thought, that's crazy. And then I got into libertarianism. And do you remember a name, a guy named Jeffrey Tucker? Ever heard of him? Yeah, he, he, he's, he's written a book. He's written several. Uh, I've read one, uh, Bourbon he's- for Breakfast. Okay, I never read him. Was but he became a big B casher, and I just know him for his. Am I getting for, the wrong guy? There could he's pretty popular, or pretty I would say common name Jeffrey Tucker. There's probably a couple of them. This dude, he's not, is, I, uh, the guy I'm thinking of is some libertarian dude, quite old. Uh, it's, it's probably him, right? He's in a B cash. Yeah, big, uh, big, big B casher. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right. Okay. So I love the fact that you've gone from uh, communist in middle school, high school, whatever you want to call it, to 
drop well <laughs> not not dropping out but finishing film school broke and then going libertarian yeah and even now i did i dropped out of film school too <laughs> i got a job okay. and, yeah, no no like, let, 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 let's get yeah. this right you opted out um yes exactly right okay so you opt out of film school broke and now you're looking into libertarianism that that's pretty funny like it's yeah. <laughs> i think but it was why? really like what, what what was the the reason uh for for that i as you say and i was trying to think about this before this um i was hell bent on that maybe it's i me and my dad are in a good place now but for a long time we're not and i believed um a lot of the companies that he worked for and actually sorry let me take a step back um i watched a conspiracy be true later in my life it happened again but this was the first time i ever watched a conspiracy like play out before my eyes and it tore my life not my life apart but made me just think oh maybe a lot of the stuff i saw on the internet is true mm -hmm. was um i had heard in these documentaries that these multinationals pay five percent taxes and they should pay 30 and if they did how our streets would be paved in gold and everything would be amazing and whatever um then i my i got a job with um puma ocean racing it was a sailing team and uh i followed them around the world and my dad worked for them too as much as it seems like i should say like yes i my dad got me this job me and my dad were barely speaking at the time and i was sending my dad skate videos to kind of keep in contact with them and his uh sorry this is about to get to be kind of long um antonio bertone was the puma cmo at the time and this is like maybe 2008 or nine so youtube is like barely a thing and there was no video production companies that weren't 50 to hundred thousand dollars. So I'd send him skate videos and he'd fly me out to make a little video for whatever tech thing he was doing or whatever small project he had. Um, so on one of the projects he sent me on, I was staying in a hotel with a guy who was an accountant for Puma who lived in Malta and told me over drinks how he stays one year ahead of the tax law in Malta to make sure Puma will pay 4% next year. And he says, you know who sits next to me? The Adidas guy. You know who sits next to him? is the Nike guy. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, this is... Because I had kind of like ascribed that these are just documentaries and my mom would be like, you're looking for answers online to back up your world belief, which I may say to my grandfather tomorrow as he's watching Fox News and stuff. So he, she was partially right about that. Uh, but it didn't change the fact that those those facts were real. And um, I don't remember how I got here, but that. Uh, Conspiracy sorry. played out in front of your eyes. And that's right. That's where. You... Yes, that that was where I was going. Um, and. Oh, yeah. So I moved back from college. I'm back in North Carolina. I'm like, I seeing these conspiracy theories like actually happen. Um, and I was into Jeffrey Tucker. Yeah. So again, I'm like, I think at the time I had gotten served so much Facebook, like alt-right content that I now know was very like right-wing memes. 
-hmm. they totally like changed the way it really did it kind of worked at the time and but it was like it was changing my anger from like the rich people are evil to like a different group and it's honestly i'm so glad i didn't follow those rabbit holes further because again the just full of hate and nothing good where bitcoin is the rabbit hole that makes all the other ones mean nothing um and i don't know so going from communism to libertarianism (laughs) yeah that's that's what started you looking into it um and i don't remember what got me to looking at the white paper but i was sitting i was living at my grandfather's house when i moved home from college and just working to help him because i had no money and i at the time was like printing stuff out to read a download or whatever and i printed out the white paper and read it and i could not sleep after it it felt like like i could hear it every transaction going by in my head like that this thing was this this is occupy wall street and i was so i think that's really what it was i was so it was occupy wall street time when i was living at home being like what am i doing here like this Mm -hmm. is and this is like they're going to get everyone out of out of the park but they'll if this works they will not get these people out of this park this is so much different so when did you actually read the white paper then it was 2011 or 12 I'm somewhere somewhere around then first bitcoin i ever bought was 75 dollars and i am one of those losers that bought a two figure bitcoin and is still sitting here <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey that's awesome all right okay so that i mean when would you say then in earnest you really started digging in because many of us we buy our first bitcoin and then yeah whatever and a couple of years might go by and you like a lot of people forget they even did it and yep. then all of a sudden something else comes around right yep i i am definitely one of those people I went through the big shit coin all takes you all the way to being a maxi all the way home. Um, probably 20. I started going to meetups at that time. Like I had like a kind of got to the edge and then walked back. And the only I should sorry, I'm not gonna go there yet. Um, Let's say I'm trying to think it was 2013. It was local Bitcoins only. And um, I really, I really dug in at the time. I got my family involved in it. I believed it to be all that it was. And um, I got into just like, and respectfully, I want to say this, just the Bitcoin podcast side. I could explain to you every, uh, like I went to my first conference in 2013, The Future of Money in Atlanta, and uh, Pierre Richard and Bitstein were speakers there. Out of 24 speakers, they were the only two that ended up actually becoming the Bitcoiners we know today. Um, so I dug in at that time, but... I was like eight, I was like, uh, I guess I was 22. And as if I look, I look back on it, I was just extremely manic. I was like 
so into it and then i i fell in love with this girl and then i was manic about her for three months and i even i have this bitcoin that she bought me back then because i just wouldn't shut up about it (laughs) (laughs) she'd been replaced by this nice silver one um so i really dug into it at the time but i just had no one in my life that i actually um was there with me so it would like i'd kind of get to a place and then i'd never go further than that until i started working at shitcoin companies in 2016 Hmm. and i thought that was the only way to work in crypto and i just assumed that at the time that was crypto was this whole thing and of course now i'm just cringing even just saying that Hmm. um but does that answer the the question and what were the companies it was five different ICOs. All of Whoa. them blew up. All of them failed um, at the time. And so it's still video agency and content stuff was all mm. I wanted to do. And me and my buddy were like, we're going to start an ICO agency. And uh, I'll say his name. This guy is incredible. Brad Ritter. He taught me so much and is an incredible stock trader and trader today. But how we started working together um in these shitcoin companies, we had made mountain bike videos together and skate videos together for years. And he was the only other person that kind of got Bitcoin as I did in the like real meat space. It wasn't just like a, a distant podcaster person, like a Jeffrey Tucker figure to me. Um, and he was such a good trader that the fundamental parts just kind of right over us. He doesn't really to this day still it's like you're a maxi whatever idiot i'm you know stay poor have fun you know or have fun staying poor so it's uh, amazing to me that the traders don't get the fundamentals and like the fundamental is 21 million like that's it doesn't get any more fundamental like i mean it's crazy it's truly and and like even buffett mr value freaking investor himself like dude Finite supply, 21 million, value, investing. Do you get it? No, it's rat poison. Okay, you're a moron. It's just in, it's incredible to me that these people have missed it. I think they really do believe that the number is just a meme to us, that we won't actually adhere to it. And they think that Bitcoin diamond, Bitcoin gold, Bitcoin cash, at all of these that the the bitcoin will break the 21 million cap no chance no we'll, we will die on this hill <laughs> yes yeah that hill that hill has been chosen uh, yes. by many <laughs> and protected by even more yes uh, all right so during the kind of um interview or speech or uh, trailer that you gave us at the btc payday uh you were showing us uh, parts of your past fiat life where it looked as though you'd worked in some pretty big productions uh can you give us um some insights into what was going on there sure yeah um you remember uh a kickstarter like yeah. the, the thing i was the kickstarter guy for three or four years um when i, I lived in boston for this time and the same guy that I made videos for us, Antonio Bertone, he was the ex-CMO of Puma. Um, he had all these little side companies, investments, and 
I got really lucky to be in Boston when all this like small tech stuff was starting. And um, I got to just make tons of videos for all these like cool little companies. Um, and I never got to do tons of like big commercial stuff. Um, but I got to be at the beginning of some companies that like ended up really, really taking off. That was so cool to see that like I was the first guy to make some video for them. And VC money too, they were just like, here's a video budget. And I say that also in hindsight, where like it was so hard to get any of that money out of them to the stacked of boxes of stuff to rent camera stuff. It was like pulling teeth to tell people like we need to post on Instagram. Like this is stupid not to, and we need to make it dope. And it was so hard to explain to people that at the time, but I was that like, um, kickstarter video after kickstarter video we're a little company we want to change the world and here's three minutes and please yeah you had money. some pictures of like all of the equipment that uh you did manage to get your hands on and you vowed never to do that again and you travel with the camera in your pocket going forward yeah. much much more fun just having a small kit i think in some years with the, with the bigger crew it'd be fun to do it again but solo or two people with all that stuff it was it was horrible it was so much work so are you just, still working like a day-to-day -day fiat job today for, and still doing the same kind of thing? No, I am, I am happy to say I quit my fiat job in January. So it's really only been this summer and this past second half of the winter that I've gone fully full Bitcoin everything. Congratulations. <laughs> so you, you only seek out Bitcoin paying roles for Bitcoin only companies? Pretty much. Um, and I have, and my friends who are like other video people are just like, how do you find your work with stuff? I am operating on like a five-year-old waiting list of just like, who have I promised something to six months ago? And who have I not finished that for? And I'm just slowly chewing through it. <laughs> and uh, the BTC pay promises started in like 2018. And now I've just got to fully commit to those those promises and it feels so good and, and i'm almost to my promises i've made to myself i'm like chewing through this list and i've i only do one other fiat client that is a good person i grew up with who's like a family friend that if she doesn't have an editor i'm like and it's a cool company i'm like happy to i'll edit it for you and they're two or three day jobs but and now i honestly don't even seek out much it's either me turning down something or me following up with something that i promised like i got a, this band that i grew up with that it's called the nude party. They do. Um, they're so incredible. And I made a bunch of music videos for them. And I promised them a video game and a documentary. And they're like on the five-year list too. <laughs> At some point we'll, we'll get there. So why BTC pay then? What, what's, what's the story there? What, what, how did that connection happen for you? Man, um, they, they were like a path to redemption. I had, I was always the Bitcoin guy in these shitcoin companies and I hated how I felt and the like just had so much regrets the wrong works. I learned a lot from it. Um, but when I had lost, I got rugged on two years worth of work. I got paid in tokens that were worth absolutely nothing. So I was walking my dog one night, just so broken. And I saw a tweet from Pavlonex that said, have all, or I think it was BTC pay. I can't remember if it was him or the account. But um, 
I loved them so much and just had so much respect for what Nicholas did and believed him after the block size wars. Like this is the case in point of why, why this team needed to win. Um, and they said, posted a tweet that said, have all the ICOs taken all of the good um, artists? If you haven't or something like that, please hit us up. So I reached out and joined their matter most and was like, I, they haven't, I'm here. I would love to do this, please. We'll do whatever. And we hit it off and their Mattermost is open. Anyone, if you're listening to this now and are like, where do I start in Bitcoin? Whether you're a dev or content or anything, their Mattermost channel is totally open. Anyone can join and someone will be there. And it may not be a BTC pay personal answer, but it may be another company that's Rockstar Dev says uh, the BTC Pay Mattermost or BTC Pay project itself is the Tinder of Bitcoiners. And and he's right. It, it really does feel like that. So when you joined that and you asked the question, what did what came back? What, what were they looking for? Were they looking for what, what kind of artist? Because like an artist is very broad, right? Maybe they <laughs> yeah. needed a logo and like, oh, great. We got a film producer. <laughs> and you're right. It's. And uh, I think it was probably more specific if we need a video because now what, I, what they tasked me with was a homepage animation. They needed, and especially at the time, was like any new software thing has to have an ex explainer video, a 30 second to a minute. Here's what we are and what we do and the thing. So I, I got to do that. And at the time, I had just been rugged on two years worth of work. And my girlfriend who I'm living with at the time, this is our first apartment together. She's like, do not do anything for free as much as I wanted to. And uh, so they set up a crowdfund for me. And it oversubscribed by like 25% in the first day. So I went from complete darkness and having nothing to like two weeks later, being paid more than I had been in the last year to make my dream project. And I was like, God, I just turned it on to Bitcoin a little bit in my life flipped over. That's and incredible. That, 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 and, and that is not, that is not a, a single example, right? I, I've spoken to so many people that have been, you know, kind of dragging out their fiat job, you know, another year, another two years, just one more cycle, then I can I can finally get rid of this, and I can start going and building something in Bitcoin or work for a Bitcoin company. And those people that have managed to find that courage to just reach out to a project, to a company, to even like a solo designer or like Sparrow Wallet, for example, you know, I think um, he he's just doing that alone. But people can reach out and they can help. Yeah. And, Right. It's there's so much going on that I really want people to understand how quickly your life can change if you just reach out. And but people are scared. Oh, I don't want a cold email. I don't want a cold call. I don't want a cold DM because you've been programmed into thinking that you shouldn't do that. You're stealing someone else's time. Uh, you're not good enough. You know, all of this horrible psychological trauma that uh was programmed into you in the 15 20 years that you were exposed to the indoctrination camps the uh, i think too bitcoiners are a little scary like i, I ask is how 
you come from like it's such a serious finance background maybe it's easier to talk to some of you but i personally have, have been so scared in the past because not only they're my heroes but i'm like they're my heroes doing this thing that like in 2012 people thought that we were gonna get killed for like it felt like we have nims because they're gonna take us all out and it's now does like you, they're, they're normal people they put their pants on left leg and then the right leg and... <laughs> yes ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love it bruce dickinson you're quoting bruce dickinson right now i wouldn't know and it's like a, some stupid my dad said to me but that right yes. then he's he's <laughs> quoting saturday night live you gotta see the sketch yeah. you gotta see okay. it if you haven't seen it it's the will ferrell sketch and uh oh what's his name as well jimmy kimmel he no not jimmy kimmel who's the other one no, 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 no. Old, the other jimmy with this talk show fallon Jimmy Fallon and uh, Christopher Walken. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, I'm just like a regular guy. I put my pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> but I, but when I put my pants on, I make gold-plated records. That's that's the quote. <laughs> go go find the clip. I should put that clip in the show. <laughs> Making me feel young. Guess I need to watch this. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, how do we get that? Yeah, putting your neck on the line and 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 reaching out into people and realizing. I think the first. Thing people have to realize is the skill set that you have that is unique to you or what you've been doing for the last 5, 10, 15 years, you know? And that could be anything like marketing, consulting, you know, sales, developing work, uh, development, software development. Doesn't matter. Everybody wow. needs, whoever's building in Bitcoin needs help. Yes. And can I, I've never been on a Bitcoin podcast and it's, I hear so many of them. I have my own little like mini rants in my head that I have one now that after Riga I've seen go around and it's, I, I feel like I've watched another small conspiracy play out in front of my eyes. All right. What um, is it? There are so many Bitcoiners today who are disappointed and sad on the level of merchant adoption. And I'm don't disagree with them. I want to go spend my Bitcoin everywhere possible. But I want to ask those Bitcoiners that believe that we're not far enough yet. Is Does your sister accept it? Does your father? Does your uncle? It's so hard to even get the people closest to me. And I know this story through all of Bitcoiners. Because I met some of the most hardcore Bitcoiners I could have. I never thought I'd be in the same room with. And they can't get their brother to believe them. Like we are so far from it. Not because the price isn't there or they don't understand it. It's just technically so hard to be responsible for yourself. And I think that's the same thing of taking that, like I'm in the fiat job, one more cycle, whatever. What it actually will take you to, to not be in that frame of mind is such insane personal responsibility that like, I cannot get on that next call. I don't have to answer that email. And to those Bitcoiners, I'm like, does your corner store that you go by, whatever you go by at, did you flip them? Are they running the BTC pay server? I hope they are. And there are Bitcoiners who will say, fuck yes. And that's what I love about what's happening in Africa. Like there is real merchant adoption the people that actually need Bitcoin. But there is a major wave of LARP Bitcoin or LARPing Bitcoiners right now. They're irritated about our lack of progress. I'm like the fact that we even get to talk like about that this openly like we are so far and have come so far 
I, I am just so blessed and thankful to be a part of this and I've seen how rough it was at the beginning. Like, and it's, it's, if it feels smooth now, it's still not, it's rough. And all those merchants at, sorry, uh, in Riga, they didn't want Bitcoin. These people literally just don't, they don't like us. They don't want Bitcoin. We have so much, so far to go to get them to, to want it and then be personal responsible for it. It's, we got a long way to go. And I say that with excitement, not with yeah. like dread or we haven't done enough. Exactly. And if you look at small to medium size enterprises or small family businesses, they went through hell just to keep the doors open, right? During lockdown and whatever else. And now we expect them just to like flip onto a Bitcoin standard. <laughs> yeah. Straight after uh, we, we come back out and want to spend our money again. Uh, and I know it's difficult because... Yeah, like you, it's taken me a long time to uh, explain it to my brothers and um, still my parents don't want to listen. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a podcast. I run yeah. a Bitcoin podcast. I, I run my family on Bitcoin. I've, you know, like there's millions of people who have listened to my message and I fly to different parts of the world and, and help host and MC conferences. Yet I can't get my nearest and dearest, <laughs> you know. But my, my brother did start accepting Bitcoin at his cafe and uh, tentatively, but they, they, they set it up and it was all good to go. And Coin Corner helped nice. them out a lot because they gave them a merchant account, which they were happy with. Because, um, you know, I, I, it's, well, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do it, Dan. What, what do we need to do? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll fly in, we'll set your node up, we'll download BTC, put like, like, no. It's just stop. Yeah. You've already lost it. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> but the the correct answer at that point in their journey was you just set up a merch account, merchant account with Coin Corner, their UK based company. All right. Um, how do we do that? I'll have one of the team call you. Okay. It's done. And then they shipped them the point of sale device as well. So it's great. And now they've uncovered like tens of Bitcoiners. There's monthly meetups in their cafe. Tens of Bitcoin has come from all over the country. There's some people are driving two or three hours and they're bringing gifts each time they come just because they can use Bitcoin to buy a coffee and a croissant. Like it, it's amazing. I think I heard you tell this story on stage and didn't realize that was your brother. That is mm. so cool. That's what I'm talking about. Then that hearing that story and I was like, it can happen. And and when it does, it's so special, but it, it, it's hard to get somebody there. It truly is. There's another uh, bunch of guys in the UK that are doing a great job and should shout them out. Bridge to Bitcoin. Uh, they, they've, yeah, they've gone a step even further. They rent a booth at um, hotel, pub, and restaurant conventions and then oh. go to all the other booths and try and orange pill them to start taking Bitcoin. So they're, they're kind of like, they're not just preaching to the choir. They're going to huge conventions in the uh, hospitality industry and then going to all the other booths. Do you understand why it's important for you to start accepting Bitcoin? No? Okay. And they spend like the, the whole two, three days just and volunteer, pleb volunteers go as well. They just I put a shout out that. on Twitter like, right, we go into the, uh, the London Expo Center or wherever over these dates. Any plebs come and help us walk the floor. And like five or six people turn up. Like, yep, let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's get these people. It's awesome. 
that after when I heard that story and then the merchant adoption and seeing how pissed Bitcoins were and how rough it was. And we were just like, well, you guys wanted this. That I think is the biggest. I mean, I don't know shit about business opportunities, but I think the white glove onboarding businesses, they will get to non-custodial. Like we'll get them there. But that first, I think that is the next wave of, and I got to look them up, the bridge to Bitcoin. That I think that's the next, we need that so bad. It's just companies all over the world, like handhold white glove onboarding these people onto these payment systems. Otherwise it's just, it's too hard for just, unless they want to be a Bitcoiner or a Bitcoiner themselves. This is the real pleb grunt work, right? That's what I love about Bitcoiners. Yep. They're, they're willing to, you know, walk the beat, put in the hours, and uh, they're not afraid of the no. They're going to get out there and they're going to keep doing it because it was a calling more than anything else. You know, when, when you got truth on your side, how far wrong can you be? Oh, I love that. Yeah. When truth on your side, how wrong could you be? How far wrong? Yeah. Because you yeah. know, you know that person that kicks you out of the shop. Yeah, whatever. I don't want to hit you. I don't want to. Two years, three years later, they're going to be like, ah, oh. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those dudes. Oh my god, why didn't I listen to them? And I think, like, when I show people, I bought it. Like, if I'm on Steam playing a video game with my friends, I'm like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to buy a gift card with Lightning, spend it on Steam. It's. They're like, oh, that's honestly so easy like once people feel this that it is smoother i mean maybe smoother is the wrong word but it's easier than credit card payments like but they're just they're so hung up on i don't know sorry i'm not even gonna go down that there's so much personal things we're hung up on every day just getting someone even to that bitcoin mm -hmm. door is a lot has to happen in their life for them to even care oh man we've not talked about your movie yet what, uh, yes. what, what stage are you at? Yes. When, when are we when are we seeing this drop and uh, learning about BTC Pay Server and uh, Nicholas and Rockstar and Pav and all the the, the rest of the team over there? I, I I hope I can do this this Warsaw Bitcoin Cinema Club. I think at them. Um, yeah, the film so festival in yeah. uh, end of April in Poland. Yeah, in Warsaw. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's what I'm aiming for. Right. Um, right now, I have a lot of three minute sequences where it's just like trying to make sense of these different little desperate bits. Um, so have you been like interviewing different key, different people of the team or have you been telling narrating the story and what's been pretty much right? I'm where I've got interview the rock star and Nicholas uh, Pav Cooks and Andy Randit. And now I'm thinking I'm going to start actually talking to other, like I've, I'm dying to talk to Pierre Rochard, like people who have watched the block size wars play out and um, seen the, or sorry, been around for the last 10 mm -hmm. years. Um, yeah, I can put but, you in touch with, uh, with Jonathan, if you want, who wrote the block size wars. I just did a, Oh my God. I listened to that episode too. That was amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I would love to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Him and Adam. Yeah. For those that haven't listened or viewed that one yet, I did a deep dive into the block size wars with two people that were there in the meetings. Adam back, obviously the, uh, the only person named within the white paper and 
and Jonathan Beer, who was just full-on nerd geek, trying to travel around, get into all of the meetings. He crashed some of the meetings. He's such a great dude. <laughs> he like yeah, a little running down stories. the hill. Uh, so, I, I was going to say as well, we, we should probably make clear like that tweet from Nicholas that started all of this, like that, that is a, that is such a critical moment in not only the story of BTC pay, but the story of Bitcoin and the story of yes the feeling uh, that was bubbling up during and then exploding after the block size war. And it, well, if you, you probably know the tweet verbatim, if you just want to uh, repeat it if not feel uh feel comfortable enough to pull it up and, and read it but let's make sure the listeners oh, know man, what we're yeah. talking about yes and I, i've got a sticker right here on my desk in front of me of it nicholas's tweet was this is lies my trust in you is broken i will make you obsolete and as the sirens go by um and that was in response to bitpay's blog post where they were basically instructing all of their i don't for lack of a better word, power users or people who are using their API or were running their own um, BitPay node to update to BTC1, which was Jeff Garzik's implementation that never got running. It had an off by one error. So anyone who actually ended up running it would have been completely wrecked. And they had funded so much money into Jeff Garzik's one other implementation that they said would be their Bitcoin and not Bitcoin core anymore. Cause it was really just as we know and listen to your episode with them. It is, it was about who got to tell who what to do and not better tech or better ideas. Well, obviously our small blocks was a better idea outright. <laughs> like that was the right choice. Um, and yeah, that tweet, he forked their repository and basically made a one click solution that any merchant who was on BitPay at the time could move off of their BitPay API onto their own node that was BTC Pay server. And that's where the story begins. Yes. So in two and in Jonathan Jonathan's fashion, I'm kind of going at that style. Well, like I'm 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 planning a trip to uh Nostrasia and Tokyo or sorry, Tokyo for Australia, and then um, El Salvador for adopting Bitcoin. And in my head, I'm hoping that'll be the kind of year of footage. But mm -hmm. again, if things, if I edit it and I've got an incredible 20 minutes, I've got three more trips to take. So I'm kind of playing it by ear and not saying I have to have X or Y. Um and just kind of letting this play out as it is. Cause now some, it feels like things are like the interesting stuff is really, there's so much interesting stuff has happened, but I feel like we're on like a whole new chapter, like a, I don't know how to put it, but. All right. So is there an ask to the plebs? Is there any way anybody listening can reach out and help you? Is there anything you need, any direction, any kind of uh, funding? What What is it? Honestly, the, the the funding is covered. BTC Pay is, and I, and honestly, they are my only job. I I just do BTC Pay stuff. So, and I also just do all the regular stuff for them. Um, but what the plebs could do out there for me is film yourself or anyone using a BTC Pay server. The 
recorded video clips on a phone in a weird place, hitting a bolt card on a little Bitcoin POS device. That is amazing for me because I love downloading those clips and cutting into music with just blasting by all these rough video clips of like, this is out in the jungle. This is in, I don't know, all over the world. And um, like that, if you've seen the trailer for Death Athletic, the new Cody Wilson movie no. um, or film or documentary. Um, when I went to film school, I was so into expensive cameras. Actually, sorry, I'm just going to a little, little bit of a story that got me why I like to make videos in the style that I do now. Um, when I was going to film school, I was one of the few people that already knew how to edit. And cause I just liked making skate videos and stuff. So I got hired by the school to edit content from the make videos that were like advertising content to get more kids to come to the film school it was kind of a scam trade school um and i spent like two months with all these nice cameras filming the place and i showed it to the client the guy who ran the school and he laughed at it he thought it was horrible and he goes i gotta show you what someone just gave me yesterday and someone who just started their first week at that school made a video using footage found online of telling the story of how the school started and had this really cool history. It started from old Viet or sorry, Vietnam photographers that needed a place after the war to rehabilitate. So they had this photo school, turned into video school, whatever. I was so embarrassed that someone out there could just make a story from found footage and photos that was so much better than these hundred thousand dollar cameras i got to rent for the day and now that has taken me all the way to here into bitcoin is the footage i get i'm lucky to film and be there with but the stuff that i use so much is those cell phone clips of or sorry phone video of the thing happening the place that i'll never get to or um even someone rockstar dev on your podcast or the content that plebs make I use and the more you put BTC pay server in it, the more you would help me make this. It would be my request. Awesome, man. That's an easy one for the plebs out there. So especially those that are out trying to uh, get merchant adoption running, right? So yes, a, a big shout out to anybody that's managed to onboard the corner shop and they're running BTC pay or using BTC pay, then yeah, brilliant. Get get that video across. Uh so they can just reach you on a Twitter DM or just post it and tag you. What's the yeah, best if way? You, I end up just scrolling through anything that's just tagged at BTC pay server or hashtag BTC pay server, or you can DM me and Webworthy on Twitter and Noster. Um, but yeah, that, that helps me the most because it's feels forced to sit there and like make a really polished clip of mm -hmm. someone paying for this thing and even a lot of the conference footage i get i'm like i'll probably use 10 to 20 percent of that in the film and it, what people see is just that like why is this guy here with the camera just like following some of these people um all right man yeah i'm sure the plebs are going to step up here okay so let's wrap it up final question if you had one last orange pill left to give to somebody who would you give it to and why oh i i I've heard people on your show try and dodge us like, God, I don't want to give an orange, whatever, but I am going to take one from somebody. Can I say two that I have? One's kind of you a up. joke. And the second one is I'm serious. Uh, I 
this may be really embarrassing, but I recently watched the Barbie movie with my fiance and her best friend. And I was kind of dreading it. And I ended up having the best time. It was so funny. I want to give an orange pill to Ryan Gosling because that dude could say anything to these very liberal women in America. And they'd listen. They'd fucking hear it because what I thought was going to be like this girl's movie ended up being all about the patriarchy and how it's like doesn't really work the other way very well. I'm like, maybe we should treat each other a little better. And I just think uh, in America, so much of like the bad shit comes from people thinking they're doing good. And that's very much like democratic, feminine, liberal American politics. And I think if that side could take an orange pill, it would, because the red rights are already ready to go. They're like, this is easy. We could do this. Um, and then my, my actual orange pill would be to my father. I just, to your point, was trying to orange pill, but it, it's hard to get people there. Um, and he is in such cool, interesting rooms of people that respect him from where he came from. From He, he grew up a skateboarder too and just had nothing in Venice Beach in the 60s. And now it's like hanging out with billionaire people. And I wish... He does mention Bitcoin and my son's like this weird Bitcoin guy. Um, but if I could give my orange pill that really, really worked, it would be to to my dad. Awesome, man. Love it. Well, thank you for, for coming on. And uh, thank you in advance for making an excellent documentary, movie or film, whatever it turns out to be. Really looking forward to uh, to seeing it drop and and learn more about, you know, the journey of BTC Pay. And uh, and seeing all of the the footage that the the plebs managed to send across to you as well, I think that's a really really nice touch. It's going to be so cool, especially be so cool for the plebs watching. And they're like, oh, I wonder if my clip made it. I wonder if my yeah yeah yeah, yeah. look 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 look, it's there, it's there. You, you know, like they'll be pausing it, calling their wife in. My my my, my clip. Oh. Then there'll be another eye roll. Like yeah, whatever. <laughs> I got the movie. If you send it, it will get in there. So, Dan, thank you so much for having me on. This has been an honor and a dream to finally get on a, a Bitcoin podcast as a Bitcoiner. You're welcome, man. Great to meet you in Riga. And uh, yeah, thanks. All the best of luck. And, and we'll speak again soon. I look forward to it, man. I appreciate it. See ya. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And thank you again, Parker, for coming on. And let's hope you get on as many Bitcoin podcasts as you possibly can to keep pushing forward this message we need more bitcoin podcasts we need more appearances from the bit people in the bitcoin community doesn't matter if you're michael Saylor or a pleb with one follower on twitter or never been on twitter it doesn't matter we need people coming together we need people stepping up out of the shadows because this is not a drill uh this this is something i have spoken about recently actually on a, on a podcast i did with uh, izzy and his coming out in air quotes and that was in Riga funnily enough last year and the difference that's made to him in oh just one year is absolutely astounding incredible he's gone from lurking in the shadows longtime bitcoiner to actually meeting bitcoiners for the first time and being around this energy to now being the ceo of a company <laughs> this is how quickly things can change for you if you step into the sphere if you step into a conference if you step into a meeting if you start uh, uh, an event if you just get yourself around bitcoiners 
you will find the most supportive bunch of like-minded people from all over the world that bring different skill sets in all kinds of different areas that you would never ever have been exposed to before in your life so that is a call to action if you've not done it yet make it a priority in 2024 to get in front of some real life bitcoiners get to an event get to a conference we have madeira coming up first to third of march use the code bitten get a 10 percent discount bring the family along make it a holiday destination this is the type of uh event that you will wake up your nearest and dearest as well because they will feel the energy from the other wives and girlfriends and boyfriends and husbands and kids like that's the beauty of it when you get in front of kids as well and see them uh, waking up and questioning money uh orange pilap that's where you can go and find your your friends your new tribe don't sit there just shit posting on twitter when you can actually connect with people download the app and try and find those that are closest to you go and meet them uh stack your sets you know where to do that by now hopefully long-term supporters of the show swan bitcoin in the us relay in europe and hodl hodl global hodl hodl a global kyc free peer-to-peer uh trading and lending platform swan and relay you can download the apps and start stacking in the case of relay up to thousand swiss or equivalent per day up your privacy with wasabi wallet wasabiwallet.io very simple to go download that on your desktop create a wallet run some sats through it see that first coin join happen in front of your eyes take self-custody bitbox 02 a bitcoin only edition hardware wallet use the code bitten for five percent discount and get to mempool.space what are the fees right now? Track your transactions, visualize the blockchain, use it as an educational tool. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you guys on the next show.